Welcome everyone to our first edition, season one, episode one of the Sports Medicine Update with yours truly, Jerry Riles, and our host, Dr. Chad Pedromas. Doc, how are you? I'm having a great day, Jerry. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Despite the uh, pandemic and everything else that's going on in this great nation of ours, it's always a pleasure to get an opportunity to sit down and chat with you. And I'm looking forward to this weekly podcast to talk with you regarding sports medicine and just the world of sports, because uh, we certainly desperately need it at this time. And I know that there are a lot of weekend warriors out there who may have a few aches and pains and ailments, and they're wondering, how the heck can I get through this, Doc? So we're looking forward to this weekly podcast. Real quick, uh, a little background information uh, uh, about you, Dr. Uh, Chad Padromas. MD is the president in Illinois Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Centers. He's the medical director of the Foundation for Orthopedics and Regenerative Medicine, a 501c3 Illinois not-for-profit corporation. He is the editor-in-chief of the Anterior Cruciate Ligament Basic Science and Reconstruction, Assistant Professor, Rush Medical Center, Department of Orthopedic Surgery, retired though, 27 years on the job, and of course, co-founding member of the American College of Regenerative Medicine. He is Dr. Chad Padromas. This is a great opportunity not only for me to personally get in a, a chance to talk with you and, and pick your brain about uh, sports injuries and, and, and things that affect not only the weekend warrior, as I mentioned, the, uh, the amateur athlete, maybe high school athlete, collegiate athletes, but also professional athletes. And with your wealth of, of knowledge and expertise, uh, this is certainly going to be worthwhile and beneficial for so many people. But Doc, I got to ask you, why do you want to have a a podcast. Why do you want to talk about sports medicine and sports injuries? What's the purpose of this? Jerry, it's something that's of interest to most people because sports medicine concerns athletes of all levels. You know, sports medicine is something that concerns the the homemaker, the retiree, the working person that wants to stay in shape. And so the, you know, the afflictions of the famous um, afflict just the everyday person. And I love what I do. I love talking about it. Um, I, I think fitness, your body, your temple, it, it's, you know, it should be your hobby, taking care of it. So, you know, for me, it's just a chance to talk to people about basically staying healthy. You know, that's fantastic. And I know you're going to help a lot of people. Uh, health is very important. It's very crucial. And it's it's even more so with COVID-19. Uh, running rampant, not only in our, our city and our state and our country, but throughout the world. Uh, just give a little bit of background. I kind of gave some titles uh, and, you know, a little brief, uh, you know, uh, information about who Dr. Chad Padromas is. But if you want, please share a little bit more about who you are and how you got involved and how you got started. Sure. So I'm a, a native Chicagoan, grew up in the Burbs, um, <clears throat> went to um, to out east, got a bachelor's degree at, at Princeton, um, a, an MD at Johns Hopkins, came back and did an internship in surgery at the University of Chicago, a residency in orthopedics at Rush, and then back out east to do a fellowship in sports medicine and orthopedics at the Harvard Medical School, Massachusetts General Hospital, and then returned to Chicago area. I've been in practice here for almost 35 years uh, ever since. Now, you have a location, is it uh, the Glenview area? Uh, right. Suburbs of Chicago? 
Yeah, our home office, our office also, my research foundation is in Glenview. I, I do see patients in uh, Chicago one day a week as well. No, that's fantastic. I actually, I got to say, I drive by your location frequently because I live in the northern suburbs as well. And I actually take uh, Milwaukee Avenue to and from uh, the radio station. So I, I actually drive by your place. And sometimes, Doc, I am tempted to stop in and say, hey, Doc, I got a little ache and pain here. But I go, no, Jerry, you got to tough it out. And I, I keep moving. But I do give a little wave as I drive back and forth. Well, stop by any time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So, uh, Doc, we, we, we've seen so many injuries over the years. And uh, again, we've seen it in the high school uh, level. We've seen it in the collegiate level and a professional level. But one uh, injury that I want uh, to, to address and for you to explain a little bit about is something that we've seen over the years. And basketball fans can relate when we talk about Derrick Rose. Uh, back in 08, I believe it was, when he tore his ACL, uh, obviously a hometown uh, favorite, a homegrown product, and uh, drafted by the Chicago Bulls, and he was getting off to a fantastic career, Rookie of the Year, MVP, uh, but he tore his ACL, and that was pretty much uh, the downfall. Uh, I know my son personally tore his ACL uh, around the same time, but a lot of athletes have experienced that torn ACL. For the novice guy out there uh, who may not be familiar with, you know, the, the intangibles regarding an ACL, can you break that down and give us uh, an idea of what happens in order when that ACL is torn? Sure. Uh, the ACL is torn often by a twisting injury, uh, often a what we call non-contact injury. So we all know about the football player that gets tackled and blows out uh, his or her knee. But most athletes, as in his case, um, it's a, often kind of a benign looking injury. Uh, the ACL stabilizes the knee. Uh, when it tears, there's usually pain and swelling. Uh, but when that subsides, ACL tears are often not really all that painful. In fact, a lot of people that get them um, don't get follow-up medical care and it quiets down. But what it does is it gives you an unstable knee particularly if you're a pivoting athlete. So um, it's uh, when it's torn, we have good success now with using a tendon graft to reconstruct it. So people, as in his case, um, have a pretty high rate of success of getting back to their former athletic activities. You know, that's a great point that you bring up. And it, it raised a question in my mind as we're talking here in 2020 and Rose's injury happened you know, over 10 years ago, for the most part. What has changed in the industry as far as rebuilding and reconstruction and ACL from you know, the early 2000s to where we are today? So there were changes before that to get us to where we are now. And the field, um, you know, a few things we know now that maybe we didn't know then um, Derek Rose had his reconstructed with what's called a patellar tendon graft, and it's it's worked well. Um, I reconstruct ACLs with hamstring grafts, and, and we get good results. A third way to do it um, is to use a cadaver graft. And we have kind of come to realize that while that can be an effective answer for people who are maybe a little older, a little less competitive, there's now pretty good data 
that it's maybe not the best first choice for uh, a younger person, someone involved in competitive um, athletics. They they have basically a, a higher failure rate. So there are some cases where they're okay, but um, I, I think in general, at least in my practice, uh, we recommend using your own tissue. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Now I, I want to ask you, and a lot of people out there, uh, I'm sure they're already intrigued and they want to learn more. Uh, you've been in, in in practice over in Glenview. You said for uh, for 35 years at your your main location there. What sort of injuries? Uh, have you seen over the years and, and what would you say you specialize in? Most sports medicine orthopedic specialists, and I'm in that category, surgically specialize in knee and shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that the challenging injuries that often require surgery tend to occur in the knee and shoulder. So in the knee, ACL tears, um, meniscal tears, um, what we call articular cartilage damage where the coating of the bone gets affected. In the shoulder, um, labrum tears, dislocations, rotator cuff injuries are common. So my surgical practice is almost exclusively um, primarily arthroscopic, minimally invasive knee and shoulder surgery mm-hmm. as Derek Rose had. Um, I treat all kinds of athletic injuries of other joints. Um, most of those don't require surgery. Most knee and shoulder problems don't require surgery either. Um, I kind of pride myself and believe strongly that surgery should be reserved as a last resort. Um, our bodies are really good at healing themselves um, given half a chance. Um, my surgery starting about 10 years ago has yeah. taken a strong turn toward regenerative medicine, uh, platelet-rich plasma injections, some stem cell work, uh, which, uh, you know, if you have an ACL tear, most of the time you need to get it repaired. But there are a lot of problems for which surgery isn't a good answer. And these other non-surgical treatments for injuries all over your body have uh, been very effective. You know, it's interesting. And I talked about my son, uh, you know, tearing his ACL. and the interesting thing about that, Doc, is the fact that um, he was at The Ohio State University his freshman year when it occurred, and he came home for Thanksgiving break, and he was complaining about pain in his knee. Now, he had never suffered any type of serious injuries playing sports, uh, and he was a three-sport athlete at uh, Buffalo Grove High School in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Um, but he came home complaining about pain in his knee. And so we chalked it up as, okay, you know, you hurt yourself, you know, put some ice on it. And so he did that, um, stretch it, you know, bend it, get get some movement, and, you know, put some icy hot or whatever. And he did all of that. He goes back to school. Um, he comes home for spring break a few weeks later. I mean, excuse me, for Christmas break a few weeks later. And he said, hey, you know, I'm still in pain. And you know, I'm, you know, the macho guy, macho dad and say, hey, tough it out, kid. Come on, blah, 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 because we didn't think anything of it. Um, and by January 1st, he had gone because he had been complaining so much. He went and got an X-ray, got an MRI, and it showed that he had the torn ACL. But he had been, uh, you know, active on it, you know, even before uh, Thanksgiving. And he eventually had the surgery. Uh 
does that cause any problem? Because you, you don't, you know, sometimes you don't think that you're injured. And we, mostly guys, especially guys, we think that we can tough it out. Does that cause even more damage? Or was the damage already done and it was just a matter of time, you know, they have the surgery? I don't think it probably caused any damage. That is actually an unusual history, as we say, for an ACL tear. Because they're traumatic injuries. Mm-hmm. And probably he's just a tough guy like his dad and injured it before um, and didn't think much of it. So hey, Sometimes about 10% of the injuries, you don't get much swelling and people don't think much of it. And so he probably did it at some point in the past uh, right. and then, you know, just had problems going forward. Um, but it's unlikely that um, that that he did further damage by waiting. OK, well, that's 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 pretty interesting because you would one would think that, you know, the more wear and tear and if you don't address it, it's going to cause even more uh, damage to it. But I, I'm, I'm proud to say uh, he went on and had the surgery. Uh, at the medical center on the campus of the Ohio State University, one of the top medical facilities in the world, of course, as you well know. Um, and uh, after that, he was able to run, I think, uh, to this date, I think he's run three marathons. So, uh, and, and, and repaired, maybe even better before, uh, you, know, it, you know, from its original state. Um, but I do want to transition now to the, sh- the shoulder, and we're talking with Dr. Chad Padromas. He's the president of Illinois Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Uh, his offices are here in Glenview, Illinois, and this is the first, the first episode, first season, of the Sports Medicine Update with Dr. Chad Padromas. I want to uh, talk to you about, you know, the shoulder, um, and we know that there are a lot of professional athletes who sustain, you know, some sh- shoulder issues, shoulder injuries, and problems. Um, I've even had some shoulder injuries. And, uh, you know, personally, I can say that I used to play, you know, softball, 16-inch softball and 12-inch softball. And I got to the point, I'm a lefty, and uh, I got to the point, Doc, at one particular time, and I kind of hung up the cleats because I couldn't throw the ball from the outfield anymore because of the intense pain in my shoulder. And I never had surgery for it. Um, and like you said, surgery is the last possible option that you want to, you know, take that roll down. And the pain was so excruciating. And I don't know if I had a rotator, you know, torn rotator cuff or not. But it was so excruciating that I could not even continue to play recreational softball. Can you elaborate on shoulder injuries and possibly what I was going through uh, with my injury? Sure. Probably you had a rotator cuff injury, but probably not a complete tear of it. And it is far and away the most common thing that goes wrong with shoulders of all ages, uh, and especially in people in sports. It's... um, Throwing, throwing overhead uh, bothers it in a lot of people. Uh, we see it a lot in weightlifters doing bench presses, military presses, overhead activities. Uh, and, you know, you did the right thing. I, I tell people the wrong thing to do, in my opinion, is to uh, have something that causes you pain and to keep doing it and then to take pills that kill pain. We see that a lot. These medications are heavily marketed, uh, in particular, what we call non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. So the over-the-counter ones of those are ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil, aspirin, and there are prescription ones, uh, which include the, the most common ones 
and there are a lot of them, are diclofenac, meloxicam, Celebrex. So we see people that get pain and then, you know, it's heavily advertised to just kind of suck it up and do it and take pills. Right. And it, it's a it's a very bad answer because they mask pain, first of all. These drugs actually interfere with healing. Um, for example, uh, I one of the most common surgical procedure that I perform is rotator cuff repair for people that have large full thickness tears, not people that have lesser damage. And there was a study done of Celebrex, ibuprofen, and tramadol for post-operative pain relief. And they found that mm -hmm. ibuprofen doubled the failure rate after the surgery, and with Celebrex, it was five times as great. So I, and you know, not all physicians agree with me, and the common a conservative so-called regimen is to put ice on it and to take these drugs, but I think it's a bad idea. These drugs are also incredibly toxic. Um, New England Journal of Medicine published a study estimating that there are more than 16,000 deaths every year from the side effects of these drugs in the U.S. alone, mostly from GI bleeds. They can cause kidney problems, liver problems. So basically, the, the best thing to do, Jerry, is what you did. Yeah. If you find something that hurts, stop doing it. I advise people who are throwing athletes um, to drop down. I, not everybody agrees with this either, but overhead is harder on the shoulder. I advise people to drop down to sidearm, not, you know, 16 inches is kind of tough, uh, right. but sidearm, even, uh, even submarine. And I'm old enough to remember with the Cubs, Ted Abernathy, when I was a kid <laughs> and uh, yeah. had shoulder problems, dropped down to submarine. He was a very successful relief pitcher, Kent Tocqueville later. People do fine. Mm -hmm. So if it hurts, you know, stop doing it. Um, right. Adjust your activities. Don't take pills for it. Um, I actually icing it doesn't do any good either. It kind of numbs it, which I think is also not a good idea. Um, okay. Just feel it. Adjust your activity so it doesn't hurt. And in most cases, the pain will go away, and and then you're good. You know, it's interesting, Doc, and I'm no, I'm sure a lot of people tuning in and checking uh, out this podcast are saying, hey, you know what? That that's some great advice. Um, but when I, I help me out here, because when I was growing up, we were told not to throw sidearm because that could cause damage to your shoulder. But now you're saying that may help alleviate some of the the the, the stress uh, on, on your shoulder. Can you elaborate and, and explain to those people who I are can't. out there? Yep, because yeah. I heard the same thing growing up. Okay, and as I got older, what I came to realize was so the other thing that you, you probably told playing for example, baseball. Actually, the main reason to throw overhead is that many people believe um, that you're more accurate if you come straight over the top. Right. The thought is that if you're dropping down to sidearm, uh, you know, maybe you're less accurate. But again, showing my age here, but uh, Andre Rogers, shortstop on the Cubs after Ernie Banks um, moved to first base. Again, when I was a kid back in the 60s. Right. And so Andre Rogers, I used to practice being like him. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd scoop a ball, and just throw it out, just throw it sort of submarine to first base. Right. So um, you may be less accurate, um, but um, but it, it does nothing bad to your shoulder. Absolutely doesn't damage it more. Um, and and you know, in general, I think damages it less. Mm. Okay, so you would advise parents, and hopefully, you know, uh, with this COVID, you know, and uh, keeping everybody, you know, socially distanced. Little League coaches and their and dads, they can't really work with their kids, but you advise them today moving forward, it's okay to throw sidearm. 
I think it's absolutely okay. You know, even football players, Brett Favre, right? You know, and some other guys. So it's tough. You, you can't sling a football sidearm all the time, I don't think. So football is a little tougher. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just fine. I'm not saying you should if you're throwing overhand and you're doing great. I, I think it's fine. But, yeah, we advise um, our athletes that have tendonitis um, all the time, if it's persisting, um, to to try it. And, yeah, I'm a big fan. You know, it's interesting. Don't tell that to Patrick Mahomes, though, because he'll throw it any way he can. To make That's right. To completion. Yeah. <laughs> he, he certainly will do that. And I'm glad you brought up Brett Favre because, you know, uh, there are a lot of weekend warriors out there. There are a lot of people who are still, you know, uh, trying to relive their youth. And, you know, they want to emulate and model themselves after professional athletes. Uh and we know that Brett Favre, all the aches and pains that he sustained playing the game, and he, you know, it's alleged that he got addicted. I believe he admitted that he got addicted on, uh, you know, Vicodin and, and alcohol. And you got some guys, Doc, who will get out there and, you know, they'll, they'll still think they can get on the football field and, you know, play and run and jump or, or what have you. And then they come home, they have a slight injury, they call their doctor up, give me a prescription, give me some Vicodin. Hit a Viking in, chug a beer, shot a whiskey, got the game on, and they think, hey, I'm okay. It worked for Brett Favre. It can work for me. What do you say to that? Yeah, well, as you know, um, it's a terrible idea. Narcotics in general are a horrible idea. Um, I, I don't actually prescribe any prescription drugs in my practice. We give people uh, narcotics after surgery to some degree, but um, I, I think masking pain it's just a terrible thing. As you point out, people get addicted. Those drugs are bad for you in other ways. As I mentioned, I don't like, I don't use cortisone. I don't like drugs of any kind. Our bodies are really good at healing itself. And what you really want is to heal the underlying cause. And the truth of the matter is that things that mask pain um, drive surgery. So cortisone and it's been written about a lot lately. Um, those things that let you, those things let you get back on the field, but you only get back on the field to damage yourself more. And even though I'm a surgeon, um, I, you know, I view having to go to surgery. I think it's a victory if you get somebody better without surgery. So um, yeah, prescriptions. I, I'll tell you something. I tell my patients, all drugs are bad. Sometimes though. You need the goodness and it's worth the badness. But if you start from the perspective of just not taking them, nutritional supplements, fine. We recommend some of those. But um, there, there is there is no pharmaceutical that helps you heal yourself. And a lot of them, they can contribute to your hurting yourself worse. Very well said. Are there any vitamins out there that can help you? Um, you know, uh, prolong or prevent some type of uh, uh, injury. And if you have that injury, and God forbid you have to have the surgery, are there any herbal supplements or, or you know, vitamins out there that can help in place of pharmaceutical prescription drugs? Yeah, for some things. So, you know, after surgery, we do give people pharmaceuticals, although we use ice a lot after surgery and we try not to use drugs then, but we give people what they need to be comfortable in that circumstance. Um, and you know, th there are times if you have a bad headache and you take an ibuprofen, it's okay. Those drugs were designed for acute 
pain short term. They were never designed for long term use. And in fact, doctors all over the country are getting away from using them. The, the truth of the matter is that it's just tremendously lucrative for the companies that make these drugs to be recommending they be taken chronically. Um, they can be taken. There is an application for that, too. People that have autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus arthritis or ankylosing spondylitis, those diseases benefit from those drugs. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have those diseases, um, then, you know, then I just don't think it's a good idea. But but as to your question as to uh, supplements, about four years ago, I actually spent a tremendous amount of time with what's called PubMed. It's an index of good peer-reviewed journals. And I was wondering, I said, you know, I see all these things advertised. Uh, do Have any of them been shown in studies to be effective? Mm -hmm. So the short answer is that for acute injuries to young, healthy people, um, not so much. But I will tell you that I see a lot of people, middle-aged, older with arthritis. And a big part of my practice is devoted to helping people avoid joint replacements. And so in re researching these, I looked up everything I could find and I and created a huge database. There were 11 of them actually that had studies showing that they help with arthritis and good studies. Of those 11, um, the best of them in declining order of the study. So the ones most to least effective. So again, this isn't so much a, if you sprain your muscle kind of thing and they won't hurt anything, but there really aren't studies showing the help for that. But you know, if you're the, if you're the middle-aged weekend warrior and you've got a little arthritis and you aggravate it. So glucosamine and chondroitin um, in the proper dose been shown to be the most effective. Uh, second most um, is um, uh, various uh, configurations of boswellic acid, boswellia, which actually made from um, frankincense. Number of meta-analyses showing great success. Um, third best is curcumin. Curcumin is the active ingredient in turmeric. Um, turmeric is great. Um, I cook with it, actually. However, turmeric has oxalates. Oxalates can cause kidney stones in some people. Curcumin doesn't have oxalates, a little more potent. Uh, fourth best one is one called pycnogenol, P-Y-C-N-O-G-E-N-O-L. It's a um, good anti-inflammatory made from pine bark. Uh, fifth best one is undenatured type 2 collagen. Uh, type 1 collagen, good for your skin. Type 2 collagen, good for your joints. Uh, next best, probably oral hyaluronic acid. Um, MSM, it's a long sulfur um, derived uh, formulation, very good, although you have to take a lot of it. And there are a few more, um, but I frequently recommend, in fact, we have a, on our website, we have a place where these are aggregated because, and I'll just make one other comment, caveat, if you're gonna take these things, um, you need to do two things. First of all, it's good to take ones that have some scientific backing. Two, you wanna get ones that are a GMP certified, good manufacturing practice certified. These drugs are, these substances are not regulated like pharmaceuticals. And it's been shown that often they have contaminants, impurities, the doses are, you don't, you don't know what's in them. But if they've got a little blue GMP label, at least you know that they're um, pure. The third thing is to get them in the right dose. Most of the time you have to get them kind of a la carte. A lot of the combinations of them include a lot of things for marketing purposes, but the doses aren't right. So again, those have been shown to be good for arthritis. Um, the boswellia and the curcumin are good in general anti-inflammatories, but I cannot tell you that there's science showing that they're going to help you with a shoulder strain. They're not going to hurt anything, uh, but we really don't have evidence that they help.
Yeah, that was very, very well said. Now, if anyone's interested in getting gathering all this information, it is available on your website. Yeah, we have um, our website is ismoc.net, so Illinois Sports Medicine Orthopedic Centers, um, and and on there. There's a link to supplements. There's one that says purchase supplements. By the way, this is nothing that I manufacture, but finding the right supplements in the right doses can be hard. People couldn't find them. So I had I got them from multiple manufacturers, ones that are tested that are the right doses. So they're up there. Um, we generally, I usually see people so I can kind of tell them what they need so they're not wasting their money. But um, so those supplements are all on that website. Uh, the rank order that I mentioned isn't because I kind of like to talk to people to make sure they're the right things, but um, but yeah, they're up there. Okay, no, that's very, very good, and we can continue to go on and on and on. Uh, you're a wealth of uh, knowledge, and you're certainly an expert at what you do, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited, and I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there who are anxious to hear and learn as much as they can from you, Doc, so I appreciate you uh, providing this opportunity for uh, the masses of people who are certainly looking for some uh, some knowledge. Is there anything you want to close out with before we say goodbye? Uh, no, Jerry. I just uh, I, I thank you for putting this together. It's a uh, it's a it's a real privilege for me to have the opportunity to talk about what I love with a you know with someone as knowledgeable um, as yourself, making it uh, possible for others to see it. So thank you. Yeah. I'm not knowledgeable like you are, Doc. I, I just know how to talk, and that's all I do. And you you put the opportunity out there for me, and I just uh, you know I just respond. But you 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 are fantastic. It's a pleasure, and I'm proud to call you uh, not only a colleague but a friend as well. And I'm looking forward to this, and I want to help uh, impact some people's lives in a positive way. And uh, you know, let's get this world back up and running. Sports is what we need, my good friend. If any of you uh, want to see the podcast, if you miss any of it, make sure to subscribe below. You can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope. You can also Google Sports Medicine Update if you miss any of the episodes. We want to say thank you. It's yours in sports. We want to say stay safe, stay well, and God bless. Doc, it's been a pleasure. Mine entirely, Jerry. Thank you. Good friend. <laughs>